Here they come! Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of Effectively Speaking, a podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average, or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Wade Burton to discuss the end of Rogue One, from the rebels arriving to attack Scarith to hope. Sir, I am fluent in six million forms of communication. This signal is not used by the Alliance. It could be an Imperial code. Hello, Wade. Hello, Eric. How you going, mate? I'm all right, thank you. I'm all right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sat here. I'm warm, um, much warmer than what's going on outside at the moment. And uh, looking forward to this. It's been quite a while since you've been on the show. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's interesting to talk with you about a uh, a more a more modern, or very recent movie and a bit of CG, which uh, you know I don't think you've covered a lot on your show so far. So yeah, be interesting. We- We've barely done any CG, and it was about time we did another one, and um, I was yep. thinking about what to do, and uh, I went for Rogue One. Actually, I'll talk to you off-air at the end. Your next assignment is also <laughs> more modern, and it's also CG as well. Mm, fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you about that at the end. But, uh, yeah, today it's Rogue One. Um, what are your feelings on the new era of uh, Star Wars films? Oh, it's a it's a tricky one, really. I mean, I want to I want to be I want to be supportive. Um, I want to be supportive, and I, I I think we we all need you know people of our generation. So you know people now, you know who who watched the the, the original trilogy was the the main influence uh, you know for us. It, it's hard to remove that that nostalgia and and the feelings like I'm never going to watch a movie again in the same way as when I watched you know Return of the Jedi at the drive-in in, in 1983. You know, no, nothing's ever going to feel like that ever again. And that's that's a so it's hard to be subjective um, when looking at them. I think I think all, I think overall um, there's some interesting stuff um, in them. There's some good stuff, but they don't. They don't really. Quite often, I'm watching them just not feeling a lot. Um, just sort of sitting there watching some stuff, and sometimes it's some nice Star Wars looking stuff. And um, but all in all, yeah, it's a, uh, it's uh, probably. I'd have to. I basically, I would probably say disappointing. Uh, yeah, would be my take on it. And I, I, I think you're probably in a in the same camp. Very much so. I mean, what you're saying there, I think, is absolutely right. We grew up with the originals, so you have decades worth of watching and rewatching and rewatching. Yeah. You grew up with it, and as you say, you've got this nostalgia element to it. So anything new that comes along, you're not that person that you're remembering watching it. Yeah. And yeah. so, so, so you have that aspect of it, don't you? It, it's a bit like um, the new Doctor Who. I watch the new Doctor Who but it's not the Doctor Who I grew up with and I don't have that yeah. emotional connection to it. Definitely. And that's why when you get like, um, you know, such with the recent Last Jedi, there was such a, a rabid reaction uh, one way or the other. Like people go saying it's the best Star Wars, other people saying they've killed Star Wars. And people have so much emotion invested in, in, in their fandom um, and it's and they can't leave that aside. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I didn't have such a strong reaction to Last Jedi. I... I I've only seen it the once. I'll have to, I'm, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray and watch it again. And mm. I, I thought there was some interesting stuff in there. I, I was honestly surprised a few times, which Star Wars doesn't do a lot. Um, but all in all, yeah, it probably didn't really hit the mark like we, we'd expect. Um, I, I thought the, the spin-off movies like Rogue One today, for me personally, I think that's the direction I'd like to see them go. I'd like to see like different takes on Star Wars. I'd like to see, like use Star Wars like a like a sandbox. Like it's mm. such a huge, beautiful, well-developed property. Like I'd love to see, uh, you know, just stuff from the past, from odd corners of the galaxy. Like, uh, and that's you know, when they started talking about these spin-off movies, I was quite hopeful. And you know, they spoke about Rogue One being like a like a war movie, gritty war movie mm. take on Star Wars. Um, but then Disney kind of choked and went, oh no, maybe that's not what we actually really want. And then they kind of 
served up a fairly mixed bag of a slightly confused movie, which has got some fantastic bits. And I was watching it today, and there's bits in it that make my my, my give me goosebumps when the when the Y wings come swooping in. They mix up the footage from the old movies, and the um, you know it's there's some fantastic stuff in there. But then there's just needlessly convoluted plot and other elements in the movie. They're just a bit confused, and you can tell it was. Um, because I did huge reshoots on that one, um, and you can tell it's a bit of a cobbled together, not entirely clearly focused movie. Mm. I I'm absolutely agree with you about. I think if they had done what they've done with Rogue One, if if we had had that, you know, that TV series, that Underworld series, you know, yeah. um, if you had Tales of the Bounty Hunters, um, you know, all these things that are nothing to do with the Skywalker story, yeah, and just yeah. As you say, that's a big galaxy out there, an interesting galaxy. Have stories, standalone little stories with people you've never seen before, characters you've never seen before, places you've never seen before. Brilliant. But I, for me, all the while, you know, and presumably the Skywalker story is coming to the end in episode nine, you know, and maybe we'll get a conclusion to it. But for me, I prefer just thinking of the, the original trilogy, those three films, you know, told over three films we had the skywalker story and it ended you know at the end of return of the jedi the empire of um you know i've been beaten the good guys won and you've got them all sat around there you've got harrison ford yeah. with his cheesy grin you've got all the ewoks dancing yeah. around them it is a fairy story you know a long time ago in a galaxy far far it's a fairy story yeah. and it ended at the end of return of the jedi but now here we are 30 years later and these Poor people, they are still fighting. It's still grim. They're dying. You know, yeah. I want them to have a happy ending. This isn't going to be a happy ending. We've just lost, you know, two of our main characters. You know, we're yeah. just about to lose the third, and I don't want that. I, I, I would l much preferred it if we had the original trilogy and then other stories set in that galaxy that had nothing to do with yeah. it. You know? Yep. Yeah, no, definitely. And look, at the end of the day, the original trilogy uh, is still there. Like the movies we love are still there. I'll, um, you know. Hard to get a really good original copy of it these days, all the special edition nonsense floating around. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's sad when people, um, I don't know, it, it's it's sad when people kind of uh, have so much, uh, yeah, emotion invested in them that it's, uh, they get so, so worked up like some of the, the stuff going on with the last jedi was just insane and i just yeah. I, I i don't have that time or energy to to invest in 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 those sort of things anymore i would have when i was younger for sure i can you know when i was a young 20 year old you know uh you know going on message boards and stuff and you know argue, arguing fiercely um so but yeah all, all in all i think rogue one is actually a, a decent movie it may be the best one of the disney ones so far uh so yeah I'll tell you what, I like I, I, actually, out of the three that we've seen so far, uh, Force Awakens, you know, is my favorite, even though it is a retread of, yep. you know, the, the, yep. the, the first one, because it was more in spirit of the originals. These new ones, I'm, I'm really getting a feeling that Disney uh, and, uh, and whoever are going, right, we're going to go our own way now. And that's why, yep. you know, especially with Rogue One, especially with Last Jedi, we're, we're seeing less and less, if you take, for example, the design element of things there are okay in rogue one you have got y wings and you have got x wings and that's good but the new designs that are coming out for these new films i don't yeah. think are anywhere as interesting as what we've already seen they're either a variation of what we've already seen or it's something new and it's just not interesting we yeah. haven't had an instantly classic iconic you know spaceship design like the slave one where you instantly see it and it's like wow that's yeah. brilliant we're not getting that we're just getting riffs on what we've already seen or something very bland i mean in the force awakens that that spaceship that comes down you know that princess layers in that troop carrier thing that looks like a hinge or something like that and it's, oh, like, it's oh, awful isn't it is yeah. that it and yeah. han solo's ship um you know when when, when they yeah, pull on board the, the, the falcon well, you couldn't really see it to begin with, and it yeah. did. It looked like a shoebox. I mean, from a design point of view, I don't like these new films. I think we need Joe yeah. Johnson back on board or or whatever. And in Rogue One, the big problem I've got with Rogue One... No, there's two big problems I've got with Rogue One. One <laughs> is... Two. the Yeah. Um, it's the real-world riffs that we get on it. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. we've got these Vietnam-style helmets that the Rebels are wearing. You know, you've got hatches on the sides of the... Of, of the ships with machine guns and it's like yeah. this is too too real world 
the uh, the um, uh, rocket launcher as well when the the guy shoots the uh, yeah yeah you the, don't have bazookas the, the <laughs> yeah I, I remember I remember when the trailer came out I remember seeing you comment about that and I was because I saw the trailer and I was just like wow that looks amazing and I remember I remember seeing you comment uh, you know you didn't like the bazooka and yeah that is a bit weird yeah. I just yeah. took it at, 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 at you know face value at first but yeah it was a bit weird. It, what, what you're saying with Disney going their own, own way, the other thing I've noticed, which is really starting to get under my skin, is the complete um, complete uh, lack of uh, original trilogy aliens. That's just exactly what, what I was about to why say. Would you, why would you not just throw in a, a, like a, a Rodian or a Hammerhead or just put it in there? Like, why not? They're, they're cool designs. You're like, it, like, you would get so much goodwill and like instant, like, oh, here you go. You like Star Wars? Have this. And I don't know why they're so intent on uh, just serving up yeah, like you said, like kind of lesser designs in general. The uh, the casino, oh man, we're going right off tangent. But the casino scene in Last Jedi, I mean, that is a bunch of dog shit. Yeah, well, I, I was about to say, it's it's exactly what we were just saying there. They're going their own way. And it's like, but why? Why? It wouldn't be fan service to have a Rodian in there or a Hammerhead or anything yeah. like this, yep. you know? Put them in there. They It happened in the prequels and it's good. You know, they're you fine. have the, all fine. these species going throughout the galaxy. And it wouldn't be a problem if the new designs were any good. But they're not. They're yeah. rubbish. As you say, yeah. that casino sequence, this this horse character type pilot that we keep seeing, you know, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> the, the, these are rubbish designs. I don't I don't yeah. like any of the new aliens. And, you know, it it's not it, it's not fanboy pandering to put in some of the the, the classics they are classics people you mm. know you have the action figures you have them on t-shirts you have all the cosplayers doing it yeah. because they are brilliant designs put them in definitely have i, I will any- say that i will say there is one good one alien that i really do like in rogue one is the uh he's kind of a lizard looking guy who's one of the uh, like commandos who goes onto the, the beach planet at the end he's what, like a, the guy with a big really mouth. big mouth yeah, yeah, the big mouth guy. I love that dude. He's um, I've, I've actually I've, I've started to collect like action figures of that guy. There's just something about him when he opens up his mouth. It just I don't know. He's like, well, okay, that looks proper Star Wars. That's a cool. Yeah, new he's thing. all right. He's all right. But but yeah, as you say, we're off on a tangent at the moment. But we're we're <laughs> near to it. But yeah, Force Awakens when they go to Mars Canadas and you've got their version of a cantina scene. Every yeah. alien in that is crap, apart from that big bloke. You know, the big bloke yeah. with the girl, you know, on uh, at yeah. his side. Yeah, he's lounging he, on him. Yeah, yeah, he was all right, but all the rest. That 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 the Simon Pegg character. You know, everyone who says how oh, wonderful yeah. he is. It's like, no, yeah. this is just a lazy, lazy design. It, that, that, it, yeah. He's featureless. He's almost like a blank slate with a, a mouth and a couple of eyes. There's no, there's no oomph to any of these designs. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's and it's it's frustrating because the people working on this they're not they're not there just you know tossing this stuff out without a care. They're obviously hardworking, talented, creative people who are working you know spending loads of money making this. But at the end of the day, it's uh, just not really really not hitting the spot. But again, right. is that just you and me looking at it from our our perspective? I'm, I'm actually really interested to to see what sort of younger people think about it. But in general, when like younger people just don't seem to care too much about it. It's just Star Wars is just a fairly disposable, just another film property yeah. like anything else. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, cool. It's, it's fun. It's, it's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I'm like, I'm like you, you know, all these new films, you know, um, there are moments in there. There are sequences where you go, oh, I like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, the whole film, you don't come out going, oh, wow, that was fantastic. I mean, I really want to like these new films. I really want to. It's Star Wars. Yeah. But it's just like yeah. the prequels. Really, I'm just watching them for the special effects, um, yeah. you know, because I'm not interested in anything else. You know? Yeah. I, I, I do think Rogue One has the best space battle since Return of the Jedi. I think it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's fairly clear and easy to watch. And it's there's quite a lot of really fun little interesting like moments within that um i like the whole thing with the shield uh the planetary shield and the 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 gate in there and um yeah i mean all that stuff it's cool it looks really neat it looks nice all right okay well that is a very good point to pause and have a clip so uh let's go with the clip Combat five locks on target prepare for impact Full 
So our sequence starts with get an X-Wing's point of view as it comes out of hyperspace and arrives at Scarith, you know, which I really like. I mean, I, I like it in Star Wars when you see out the cockpit window and you see yeah. all the streaks of light going past. Yeah, they did. Um, they did. I think Gareth Edwards, or maybe we'll do behind the scenes later on, but he, he filmed a lot of the uh, the in-cockpit stuff in a slightly different way. Like, so normally... You know, you'd make, it's just a green screen around the outside. But he he would he was doing things where he had projections on the outside. So he's filming, filming it in place basically. Like you know, they've got the 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 X wing model on a on a on a gimbal, and then yeah, got these screens around it that's putting up the the uh, the graphics, which I think is really cool. I think yeah, I have to give credit to, to Disney for you know they've been very um, it's a bit fanboy pandering, but saying hey, practical effects, practical effects, and they have incorporated it a lot in, in places where you might not even expect it. It can only benefit. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now now we've got, you know, plasma TVs, HD TVs. You basically put TVs around and it's it's yeah. just, you know, the modern day equivalent of having rear screen projection, which is when yeah, you had, a, yeah, the actors are standing in front of a cinema screen and behind the cinema screen, you've got a projector yeah. projecting the special effect footage and then you can react. And I'm sure that that makes for more of a convincing performance from the actors if they are acting against something. I mean, we mentioned yeah. this when we were talking on the show about aliens when the dropship crashes at the end and you've got Michael Bean and Sigourney Weaver and they're scrambling to get away from an image that they can see right in front of them. And it's the same thing here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why so much the uh, the, the prequels feel so flat when these you can tell these actors were so bored they're just there emoting to a to a green screen and just you know it's just they're not getting you know it's like like anything like a, it's acting is like a conversation in a sense is like you know they it's a give and take and you know when there's the green screen does not give a lot no no all right um the rest of the rebel fleet arrives so far so good i mean this is this is great this is star wars to me the way i love yeah. the way spaceships yeah. just go vump and then that they're, they're yeah. there you know very I mean, much the, the return of the jedi a, the movie had had a bit of a bit of a lull before then it felt like so this i, I remember watching it feeling a, a little bit like oh, i don't know about this and i remember at this point just going okay here we go here we go yeah i mean yeah i mean you mentioned earlier you know there were reshoots and recuts and you know uh, i think rogue one to me has a lot of faults you know it doesn't really know what it's trying to be and the pacing's off in some places yeah. here there and everywhere yeah. but when we actually get to the battle you know it's like ah here we go like you say right i'm, I'm just going to adjust myself in the seat and uh here we go you know and it is. It's 1983 again, you know, with this rebel yeah. fleet coming in. And then the next thing, see, well, you see, you don't see Admiral Akbar, you see Admiral Raddick, but it's a complete callback to them. He's in Ad Admiral Akbar's little chair. It's still yeah. moving around, isn't it, you know? Yeah, I really like his, um, there's a few points when he's, you know, they're, they're just very clever about thinking about space being a three-dimensional uh, space. And like, you know, when he's got that uh, window underneath his seat mm. and he peers over and he looks down, I, I love that stuff. That, 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 I mean, even now, you know, watching it on TV, you go, oh, crap. It reminds, every time he looks down and you can see the planet below him, it's like yeah. that guy, you know, that Swedish guy a few years ago who went up in that balloon almost into space and he just jumped out, <laughs> didn't he? you know, yeah. and it's the same thing. You look down, it's like, oh, crap. That, I mean, that's vertigo inducing, that is. Yeah. I mean, I've I'm never not scared really, of heights. I... Sorry. No, no, you're good, man. I was going to say, I'm not scared of heights, but I look at that and it's like, Gordon, blimey. You know? Yeah, no, and, and that's, you know, and, and I think this is probably the most successful uh, representation in Star Wars of that feeling of, of, of atmospheric uh, depth, of, mm. of looking down onto, onto a 3D space. Um, we didn't really get it at all in the Battle of uh, Endor, did we? I mean, it was all no. the... It was all just, you know, black background or, or the Death Star. Um, so, yeah, no, it was really nice. I've always thought it's kind of... I, I, Admiral Akbar is one of my favourite characters, just the design and, and the voice. I always... I don't know, just something about that character has always uh, really gripped me. And I've always, you know, in my own head canon, thought it made sense for this aquatic species uh, to be such good um, space pilots because they, they swim in a 3D space. So, yes, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a natural environment for them. So, it, I, I, I don't really read any of the extended, um, you know, universe stuff. So, I don't know what the, the truth of it is. But that's in my own head canon. I've always thought, okay, yeah, Mon Calamari, they swim in the ocean. They're, they're good in space. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've next got, got all the squadron leaders reporting in, including Gold oh, yeah. Leader. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Which is great. I mean, this is how it should be. I mean, you know, Rogue One takes place, what, days before A New Hope. So, you know, it it makes absolute sense. That's not fan service. It's logical. You know, the guy's there. You know he's going to survive it because he's going to be in the next film, you know. But they didn't have to do that. But it, and, and it was done very well. You know, it's just yeah. a little, you know, two seconds. If you're a fan, you spot it, you get it. It's not yeah. hammered home. It's not like that awful, you know, Ponder Barber, Dr. Everson yeah. moment, which oh. is like, oh, come on. You know? yeah. There is a reason, there's a logical reason that Gold Leader would be here doing what he's doing. It makes absolutely total sense, this one. Yeah, no, we're, we're, that that was one of those moments that gave gave me little goosebumps. I was watching it, and, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm watching Star Wars again for the first time, like old school Star Wars for the first time." It, it was uh, fantastic, really well done. Just like you said, like for the fans, such a quality little addition. Um, without you know, without anyone else watching and going, "What the hell was that?" Um, mm. Yeah, that Doctor mm. Evans, and that doesn't make any sense. How the hell do they get to Tatooine again? There's probably some crappy novel that explains it, but. And yeah, it's one of these moments sense. that they've been doing ever since, you know, Empire Strikes Back, basically. It's a galaxy, but everybody is interconnected quite intimately, you know. It, it's rubbish, you know. All, yeah. it, it's a galaxy, and, you know, but people know each other or are connected to people and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I, I, I can walk around London. I'm not going to bump into anybody I know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but in well, this it- galaxy, you can. Well, it's like you're, uh, you know, you're the Star Wars and character guys. You know, it's the running joke where everyone has either worked for Jabba or yeah. um, what's the other one? Or I don't know, or Chewie. He's another big connection with people as well. But like, yeah, if, if, in the old days, they, the, the extended universe people only had a, they were only allowed to sort of use a, a very small subset of the universe, and yeah, they tied everything in together in a in a, in a, in a claustrophobic manner. Yeah, but this is fine. And next we see oh, some of yeah we next see some of the X wings. They're flying alongside the big cruisers. And here we have a, the problem that I've got with this sequence is there's quite a difference between Return of the Jedi and this one in modern day filmmaking. Everything is cut very very quick, isn't it? You you, you see something mm-hmm. for about two seconds and then you cut away. You, before you've had a chance to take it in or register who's who, you move away almost immediately. And yet it's like, I, I wanted to see a bit more of that, but no, we cut to yeah. something else. But that's modern filmmaking I mean, the, now. I mean, those um, those uh, Transformers movies, they're the worst for that. They oh. have these um, action sequences, and I'm just watching. It's like, I have no idea what's happening. It, it's it's incomprehensible. And um, I, I know what you mean, but I think there's, I think in general, because that, that, that's what I do. I don't like... Uh, um, special effects scenes where like like the Transformers thing so, and I think these guys do a much better job but it is still got that modern sensibility but in general I, I find this whole sequence fairly easy to it makes sense it has, it has a logic and a flow and a, uh, that that does make sense I don't know I, I've got to disagree I mean we, we move back to live action now and we come back to the battle um, there's just a, a heck of a lot going on and the camera is constantly moving as well and it is hard it's hard to understand who's where and doing what i mean in return of the jedi you could see and feel who was where when big says they're heading for the medical frigate you then have enough of an effect sequence to actually follow the the craft to see right that's the medical frigate that's what they're attempting to do but in this camera's moving all the time and it's cut 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 and i just i would like you know from a special effects fan perspective to have just seen that's just stretched out a bit longer and follow the craft more rather than keep cutting from one to the other yep no i i can definitely appreciate where you're coming from i mean i personally didn't feel that as much but yep no i i I do know what you're talking about but yeah yeah it's me being a special effects fanboy you know i just want (laughs) to see more more you know Um, you just want like you just want 15 minutes of like a close-up on 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 an x-wing Absolutely. Oh no, Y wing. I always prefer Y wings over X wings. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna speaking of which, well. yeah. Speaking of which, we then get to see them doing their um, attack yeah. run on a star destroyer, and you get to Love see it. what an ion torpedo can do close yeah. up to a star destroyer. I mean, we saw it with the ion cannon in Empire Strikes Back. That yeah, you've got some electrical sparking going on, but you, now you can see that they can disrupt the engines of a star destroyer. They seem almost a little bit overpowered, don't they? Like you imagine these space battles, like that's the, it. Almost seems like the ultimate weapon. Like it seems quite easy to hit another ship with these, uh, you know, knock out their their electrical or whatever the Star Wars equivalent is. But to knock out their their, their systems, it seems quite easy to do. 
I, I like the fact in Star Wars, you know, you mustn't think about the science. We we're going to talk about this in a minute. But, you, you, you know, an iron torpedo can knock out the engines, yeah. but they still have power to all their communications and the rest of the ship. Oxygen. But it just knocks out the engine. <laughs> yeah, but you're not supposed to think about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Radis, he notices that the Star Destroyer has no power and he orders up a Hammerhead Corvette, doesn't he? Yeah. And apparently this has been in something previously, like in one of the cartoons, I think. Maybe, maybe I was going Wars to say, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't like the new designs in, in uh, Rogue One. I don't particularly like the U-Wing. Um, but the Hammerhead Corvette, I do like, but it wasn't created for this. It was from Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. Um, you first see them in an episode where you actually have Princess Leia as well. They, the, the Rebels okay. have a whole fleet of these Hammerhead Corvettes. And so that's nice that they're, they're incorporating, you know, the Rebels cartoon show into it. Yeah. I mean, the, the the ghost, the ship from that, you, you can see yeah. in this battle yeah. if you know yeah. where to look. You know, Chopper, the, the droid, is on um, Yavin 4, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it, I, I like the way that, yeah, that is canon, you know. Well, they also, um, this is one of the very few references to the prequels because Disney are, you know, really trying to, you know, erase them from history. Um, you know, having Jimmy Smith's uh, Bail Organa in this. So, mm. tying it back to the prequels because, yeah, I thought that was, you know, it made sense, of course. Yeah, and that, that, again, going off tangent just a little bit, in The Last Jedi to actually um, hear Luke talk about um, Palpatine, you know, um, that 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 that, yeah. that was nice. It was nice yeah. that they that there are nods. They they haven't totally ignored them. But what I was saying there about if you think about the science, if you think about the physics of things, um, yeah. it falls apart. This is the bit that's coming up. I mean, you know, Star Wars takes massive liberties with that. Yeah, with what yeah. can and can uh, and cannot be done. Right, the hammerhead crashes into the star destroyer. I'm guessing this is a suicide run. It's not really referred to, <laughs> but those guys are on the bridge. The bridge is at the front of the hammerhead. They're dead, are they not? Uh, I hope I hope they're getting a higher pay grade than the other rebels. Um, yeah, that's. A, I hadn't really thought about that before, but it's true. Like that's a, that's some that's some dangerous duty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're gone. They're gone, totally. But the, the hammerhead, it crashes into the Star Destroyer with enough force to move it into the next one, yeah. which, when that happens, the two instantly start to disintegrate. Yeah. But the force needed to do that, it, surely that would have crumpled the hammerhead. The hammerhead is much smaller than the Star Destroyer. It would have just uh, crumpled up along the side, would it not? Yeah. Well, again, but we're getting still into going. physics and real world. but uh, I know. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, it, it's a fantastic moment. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, as I say, Star Wars and physics, they don't run. <laughs> they don't run true. It's a beautiful moment. It's done spectacularly well. You know, I, I mean, yeah. God knows what this would have taken to achieve back in the old, you know, Empire Return of the Jedi days. If you wanted to do this with practical model work, yeah. uh, <laughs> with all it those bits flying off. It is ludicrous, but that these star destroyers. So, uh, well, they're supposed to be a, a, a few kilometers long, aren't they? Like they're, yes. they're 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 closer together than their turning circle. Like, why are they so yes. bloody close? It's <laughs> because they wasn't expecting a hammerhead to do this. Um, but it's lovely. I mean, the two of them they fall down towards the shield generator, you know, and yeah. destroy the shield generator. I mean, that's a beautiful moment. But but then we have an even more beautiful moment. It's one of my favourite moments of this whole film, is where you just have a piece of very very quiet music and you see the Death Star arriving on the horizon. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a sunrise almost. I mean, that, that is a beautiful. I love the colours of that shot. The way it's all like hazy blues and everything. Definitely, there's, there's 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 some the visual design of this movie in general is is beautiful. Like, um, obviously, some people who are huge fans of the original trilogy, you know, uh, very creative, talented people have, have have marked their own stamp on it. And yeah, and that is that is that is such a, a I think an iconic moment. Like we don't see. We don't, you know, you don't really think about the Death Star really being like a, a mobile station in general. You right. almost think of it as being like a, you know, in, in, in Star Wars, they fly to it. I guess, okay, it does fly back. It does come back to, to Yavin, but you don't see it in motion or anything. So, yeah, it, it is. A, it's, it's, it's very cool. No, I mean, you know, they do mention in the film that it has got hyperdrive um, uh, 
capabilities and yeah it is a beautiful shot i mean you and i know you gave me a poster when we met up at celebration europe you know yeah. that was that teaser poster wasn't it of uh, yeah. scarith with the with the death star in the sky just above it you know that um teaser but, poster that that's um that kind of sums up all the changes that they made because it's got the shot the bottom of the poster is like the all the the, the rebels running along the beach and that never happens in the movie no <laughs> All right, so that is a beautiful moment, but totally, uh, <laughs> total. What happens next totally goes to the other extreme because then we get CGI Tarkin, don't we? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Now, what are your get, thoughts get on Tarkin? It? I, well, I, I thought we want... had to. I mean, this is a special effects yeah. show. We're talking about the battle, but we cut to yeah. the Death Star, and there's Tarkin. So, what do you make of him? Well, I wasn't sure if you were going to do another episode on him, but it probably, to be honest, the similarities between him and Leia, you know, you can pretty much sum it up. I don't mind Tarkin, to be honest. I think it's a, I think it's a more successful um, special effect than the the, the Princess Leia. Um, it isn't, it isn't spot on. It isn't hundred percent. But he, he, I was watching it today. I mean, this. So basically, you've got a, you know, a, 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 an actor who's acting at all it's all the body's real and i remember hearing people when this came out saying oh that that body cg is so fake it's like no that's the real bit because people saying the animation wasn't right and it was all well no that's people are stunned to see things i guess that's the uncanny valley effect when you just you know something's not right but um i think i think it's okay and i think i think it, he's assisted by the um the dim lighting on the on the on the death star it's got like that sort of darker lighting his face is a lot more um, it's not, not, okay, I don't want to sound rude, not like an alien, you know, but it's got a lot of ex exaggerated features that are more interesting to look at than, than, than a smooth, young, um, you know, Carrie Fisher. So I, I, I can't, I can't, I, it's not, it's not, it's not spot on, but I actually don't mind it. And when I was watching it today, I was like, okay, that's, You've nearly got me there. And I know plenty of people, you know, casual fans or people I work with who watched it and did not realize that that was CG, which, you know, that, that says a lot. You know, you know, there's plenty of, you know, there's the, for you and me who are watching this stuff in depth, you know, we're going to be, you know, and, and know the history involved, we'll be a bit taken out of it. But I remember a lady in my work going, oh, I can't believe that guy's still around. I went, no, he's he's dead like <laughs> a long time ago. Like. That's very interesting that you say that because, you know, I mean, I think he's fine all the while he's standing still. It's when he starts to talk that, you know, I have a problem with it. And I don't think, you know, technology will ever do a 100% believable human being. And I've, I've read somewhere about how they reckon it will never happen because on a basic animal level yeah. thing, human beings, I mean, we are genetically bred to study the face of another human to pick yeah. up you know whether you're going to be a threat or not you know and this is why you know you can write something on a message board and someone takes it totally the wrong way because we're not reading each other as human beings and this article said you know on an instinctive animal level we know that's not real that's yeah. that, that that isn't a real person that there's something going on you know on a subconscious level that we're not buying it now that's interesting what you say there that other people have looked at it and gone oh i thought he was real so yep. i don't know maybe i'm more on an animal level <laughs> than other people <laughs> you know yeah but but, but the uh, other thing i i i didn't quite like about tarkin is the actor yeah you're right he was in tarkin's suit on set you can go online i'll put it on facebook and you see him with the dots on his face and the camera you know like a selfie yeah. stick attached on a hat and he, he was there on set in costume and that but it's the voice the voice isn't quite there and the that I, okay. can't, I, I don't know if it was Stephen Stanton. I can't remember who does the voice on the Rebels show. But on the Rebels show, Tarkin features a lot. And he is spot on. That is a spot on Peter Cushing. You know, he rolls his R's, so to right. speak. Um, um, you know, beautifully and e exactly right. But there was just something. Sometimes some of the yeah. sentences this guy says, it's like, yeah, that's right. And other times it was just not quite there for me. Yeah, that that that's. I thought I thought I thought the voice is actually okay, but if, I I don't watch Rebels. But if there's someone who does a better job, that's such a a bizarre missed opportunity to not tie in your your, your properties together if they didn't use that guy. But I, I I don't know one way or the other. I'll I'll send you a link to one, a good example of one, and you can yeah. have a listen. All right, but he does his. You may fire when ready, which is great. Um, yeah. and then we see the Death Star firing now. 
what I would have liked here, and I'm being a pedant completely, is <laughs> they've recreated the firing from the very first film, haven't they? The, yes. I, I would like it if they had done that, but just move the camera a bit. Just see it from the other side yeah. of the beam or something. Sure. Still see the two guys on the gantry, still yep. shielding their faces, you know, <laughs> in that health and safety nightmare. But just on the other sides, again, just so the fans go, oh, I know what you're doing there. Yep. That's a nice one. You know, that would have been that, a nice, subtle little variation rather than a so, recreation. That's so true. I hadn't thought of that. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they could have just spliced in the, the scene from the, from, uh, from the original Star Wars, couldn't they? It would have yeah, been it, it was no different. Thing. So, so why, it was kind of yeah, so why slightly do pointless. It? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's very true. Yeah, and now we, we cut back to the planet. We have a lot more live action. We're not talking about a live action today. So we zip forward. The Rebels have got the stolen plans and they start to jump to hyperspace. And then we get my favorite shot of the whole film is when Vader's Star Destroyer arrives out of nowhere, just appears and boom, (laughs) a couple of uh, ships crash straight into it. I think that's fantastic. That's the money shot for me. I prefer this over what we're going to talk about in a minute with Vader. This moment where it just fills the screen and those poor Rebels haven't got a, a, a chance. Beautiful. I love this moment. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember when I was first saw it, the first thing I was thinking about was like just in terms of, uh, I don't know, like hyperspace in, in the Star Wars universe and how they can, how he knew to get at that, that spot. But that's just nerdy stuff that doesn't really uh, have any any real world uh, meaning. But um, yeah, no, it, it, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it, it looks, so that's, that's not the same, that's not the same ship from The Empire Strikes Back, but is it? No, no, no. This is just a bog yeah. standard starter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I don't he, know so if he's actually. I, I'm guessing it is the one at the beginning of a new hope because you know this is. Of course. This is. No, yep. Yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. So it's the of same. It would be. So, so when you see the star destroyer come over in a new hope, right? You're seeing its underside and it goes over your head. If the camera had yep. been around the other side, there would have been a bloody great dent where, where these rebel <laughs> ships have just crashed into <laughs> it. That's it. They're not, right. going to get their, not going to get their deposit back on, on that car, on that rental. Absolutely. No, no. <laughs> right, so we zip forward again, and Vader's shuttle is approaching the command ship, um, yep. along with two TIE fighters and two TIE bombers. A now, TIE bomber? Now, I didn't get the bombers. <laughs> yeah, no, there's two TIE fighters and two TIE bombers. I, mean, and this, th- I, I don't understand yeah. why they sent the bombers. Like, okay, that's weird. All right. I guess I they were know, going but, to destroy them one way or the other. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. I mean, if you've got... Here, two TIE fighters and two TIE bombers. Well, why not in the Rebel fleet have some A-wings? Why not have some B-wings in the Rebel fleet? Yeah. Well, I think B-wings... Okay, God, this is this is getting into nerd territory. I'm pretty sure they were developed by Akbar later on. So they were kind of new at, at, at the Battle of Endor. So that's that makes sense. But yeah, and maybe A-wings... No, 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 no. You, you don't watch Rebels. Again, I'll have to send you another <laughs> link. There, there, there's an episode where you see the prototype B-ring... B-wings right. uh, be, being given over to the Rebels. So, yeah, that Look, takes place 10 years before like this does. Anything, anything after the, those, uh, the Timothy Zahn, is that his name? The, the heir, head of the Empire? Anything after Empire, that? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have any time for it. I don't give a shit if Rebels is trying to tell me that there were early B-wings. No way. Like, from, from the old days... Jedi B-wings that's when they were made as far as I'm concerned oh can, no 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 no. you're a B-wing fan I know you're a B-wing fan I, I, I I'll am. send you the link to that episode because it, it, it is a really nifty episode it's something oh, okay. like, like little fish fish guy has developed yep. the B-wing and the whole episode is have you ever seen the, the film The Right Stuff about you know the space oh, yeah. race yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the Chuck Yeager uh, sequences when he's doing all the test planes it comes across very much like that okay so okay. I'll have to all send right you the link because yeah it's it's 20 minutes of your time and you find out the origins of the B-Wing you know okay. so yeah, I right. think you should give it a go alright it's, it's just messing it's messing with my head cannon but that's fine it, it does sound cool right. I, I'm surprised they didn't have some B-Wings in um, the new movies yet but anyway another missed yeah, opportunity yeah. indeed alright um, we go inside the command ship and I, I like how we've got the original klaxon from the first yeah. film as the yeah. beat underneath it all and, and it never stops all the way through this fantastic that was in the trailer as well do you remember there was a the, 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 the I love that trailer. trailer and lots of people didn't were like oh that's so annoying I was like oh no that makes me feel tense and that, that's cool like uh, that's setting a that's setting a, an expectation on and of a uh, of intensity I, I thought it was cool but yeah it, it's instantly recognizable yeah I want to get that for my ringtone <laughs> you know, for my phone that would be brilliant <laughs> yeah that won't be annoying at all 
No, not at all. <laughs> and I like how they, they're 100% authentic costumes for the Rebels, because here we go, we're coming up to a recreation of, you know, minutes before A New Hope. And, you know, yeah. they've gone to the trouble of doing this properly, haven't they? Yeah, uh, the um, the the rebel troopers they never got their due back in the day. Like in the original toys, they never got one. And you know, it, it seems yeah, always been a, such a cool design. Yeah, I mean the original action figures. You had the Death Star Commander. Do you remember him? Oh, no. Yeah. Do you ever even see him in the movie? I mean, in the background, like DJing up in the corner or something. But yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can release him, but not the rebels. You know? <laughs> Don't get me started. No, that's, okay. that's, that's, All right. that's, that's, that's a conversation for Jeff McGee. All right. <laughs> All right. So next we have that acclaimed corridor scene. Yeah. Anybody who talks about Rogue One, you can't talk about Rogue One without talking about this this sequence coming up. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's really cool. I really like it. And I was watching it today. It's like, okay, it, it is. It's really cool. It's very tense. The only My only negative is that it, it makes Vader seem slowly underpowered in in the original trilogy like he just seems to almost be holding back after that like um you know he's got he, it's such an explosive uh, use of power that yeah it's it never gets recreated so i don't yeah. I, don't, I don't know whether they need it, it's it's cool like there's no two ways about it it's like wow that looks awesome and like you hear about how bad darth vader is more than you ever actually see him doing anything that bad um so it was cool to see his his you know like you know what his potential but um, in the context of the original trilogy, it's a little, little strange. Like, look at the him fighting to the death with Luke at the end. I mean, doesn't that just seem a little bit like, like, well, where, you, where's your bag of tricks? Yeah, he throws. I mean, he my, throws his lightsaber. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, here my show notes say brutal Vader here conflicts with the slow Vader. We're to see a couple of yeah. days later fighting Kenobi on the Death Star. Now, I think. A way that you could explain that it's like, well, what's going on? He's he's this badass here, and then a few days later, he's doing these gentle swings with uh, <laughs> Ben. But I think it would have been neat to explain it away. It would be neat if some of the rebel shots maybe had yeah. hit home and injured him. Yeah. So yeah. when you see him in A New Hope, he's still recovering from that. That would have explained it. But no, if you good. had done that, you wouldn't have that. He wouldn't have looked so cool. And you wouldn't have had that end shot. That end shot when the Tanta V four drops away and he's standing on that girder, yeah. just staring yeah. down. And it, I, I don't know why his cape is billowing because it's space. <laughs> um, but his cape, his cape is billowing. It wouldn't. He wouldn't have looked anywhere near as cool, would he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it is cool. I mean, I, I, yeah. Basically, I was watching it today and I was like, okay, th- this is a this is the kind of stuff that the the new movies should be tapping into like you know if they're going to have some old characters well show them in doing stuff that we we never saw them do but we wanted to see them do like mm-hmm. i still feel like the jedi have never been really portrayed in a anywhere near as as interesting or powerful as i'm in in my own head canon imagine them to be like mm-hmm. um the the prequels in particular i mean they really made the jedi seem uh like a bunch of squishy uh, pedantic uh, committee members like it's very disappointing. I hated but, it. I hated it. Maybe- it, it. You're absolutely right. It conflicts with what you've got in your head. You know the, the original trilogy. There, are, nothing really was explained. So it was up to you to actually piece it all together in your head. And when the prequels come along and the Jedi Knights are this like arrogant, soft, yeah. you know, sure of themselves group, it's like no, 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 no. That's not. That's not that how they should be. You know, I guess I guess Lucas was also doing that to show like that the Jedi had fallen as well. Like they were, mm. they weren't what they once were. But it would have would have been yeah, it would have been cool to see something a bit more. But anyway, back to back yeah. To the but top. anyway, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I love the whole launch moment. You know, yeah. and you see the director there, old Gareth Edwards. He's the guy yeah. that actually pulls the handle to release it. I love that bit, and I love the angle of the Tanta V for for yeah. as it drops and falls away and then we get yeah that shot of vader do you do you like Which, the uh the model sorry yep i was gonna say do you like do you like the tanta v4 in this oh it's beautiful it's yeah. beautiful I mean, I mean i mean that could have been a lego tanta v4 and i wouldn't have minded it you know i mean <laughs> that is that is as i say one of those classic star wars designs you know yeah. um that has never been bettered you know in these new films but, and and, and i it still recreates like the original model quite well, and I think they've incorporated that, and that it, it it's it, it's very much reminiscent of the, of the original one. Like it isn't like some 
crazy new, super glossy, sharp looking version of it. it it's still, um, and I was watching it because I guess, because, you know, when we can compare the CG version of something to the original effect, you know, it, it, it can really ha- have a contrast, but I think they did a very good job. Yeah. I personally, if I was directing this film, <laughs> I'd my, love to see your Star Wars movie, mate. What I would have had, right, at the end of this, we've just seen Vader there standing on that girder with his cape billowing and that. What The way I would have ended this film would have been a shot of the Tanti V4 where the camera is right up close to the cockpit. Maybe you can even see the, the, the cockpit crew frantically trying to, you, you know, t- tap in the coordinates to do a jump to hive space. And in the distance, you can see all down the whole top of the Tanti V4, and in the distance, coming up fast, is Vader's Star Destroyer. It's getting quicker mm. and quicker and quicker and quicker, and then end it there, you know, because then you can splice that to the beginning of A New Hope sure. and its continuity. Instead, <laughs> we go inside the Tanti V4, and we get that scene, mm. don't we? Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on Leia here? Uh, it doesn't work, and and it doesn't work. And it's I think I think it could have worked better. I think they picked a, a solidly odd expression for her. I think that's the main thing for me when I was watching when I was watching some behind the scenes stuff today, and they were showing like some guy they were showing like a the three D head of Leia, and they were spinning around a computer and giving her different expressions and some of it looked better than what, what was in the movie i was like wow what, like they they picked this slightly odd she's she looks a little bit oh god what's well, i don't even know the correct proper way to say it but she looks a little bit mentally challenged she's got this slightly <laughs> slightly um i don't know slightly Slow. vacant kind of like she just yeah. looks a little bit odd and um i think i think that was slightly arrogant not 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 arrogant maybe that's not the right the word not the right word um they were slightly too sure of themselves mm. and like wow we can we can nail this so well we're just going to go bam do, do the shot straight up all they needed to do was the shot from behind her turning to, to the side so you see the side of her face and it's obviously her and whatever done like you don't need to but at what point surely someone was watching this well again maybe creators when they're too close to their creations they they can't they don't they have that objectivity so it's um yeah it, it it just looks a bit weird it doesn't doesn't work at at all and it's supposed to be the emotional climax of the movie and it's a little bit like ooh okay ooh that mm. that's weird mm. see I, I what I would like them to have done is you know the guy he's got the plans he goes into the room where she is and she has her back to us he yeah. could have done that whole line don't cut away from the back of her she could have said her hope line she didn't need to turn to the camera he could have done that to her we don't see her we know who that is everybody knows who that is you know she could have delivered her hope line and it could have ended there and it wouldn't have dated and this is the problem with cgi is almost instantly things can date can't they you know, I'm yeah. sure in 10 years' time when we look back at this, I'm sure maybe, you know, CGI has developed more and you might get a special edition in 10 years' time where they've rejigged it or done yeah. something. But no, it, it, it's it's an odd effect to end the film. Yeah. No, no, it, it's a real flat note. Um, again, I mean, Carrie, apparently Carrie Fisher did see it and she did not mm. realise it was CG. She, she, she thought, oh, where, where did you get that footage from? She thought it was from... The original, uh, the original shoot. Um, yeah. It's. I think. Yeah. It, yeah it's, I think, uh, sorry. I was going to say. I think it's like Tarkin as well. If you see a still of her of the CGI layer, you know, and you're not looking too closely, you go, "Oh, that's a photo of Princess Leia." Maybe that's what she yeah. saw. You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. You see a, a still of Tarkin. You think, "Oh, that's a pretty good uh, Peter yeah. Cushion." It's when they start to talk. And I think you're right. They they do something to her. I think they overemphasize facial movements. Yeah. Okay. So there's too much happening to her face. She's only got to say one bloody word, but there's yeah. too much going on. It's like they've they've overdone it to the extent yeah. that it it loses all sense of reality. And it's just also quite a just quite an artless shot. Like it's just this kind of just mid sort of from her like chest sort of up. Just like here you are. Like it's just a, it's just a boring looking representation like it, it it all they needed to do was from the back her head turned to the side and you know that would have been like oh wow look at that that's princess leia and done yeah uh, yeah but, yeah as yeah. it stands it's a bit of a damp squib isn't it to end the film yeah and you know the 
the the so John Knoll, I guess we'll get all, into all that. But you know the the guy who sort of came up with the uh, you know the concept for the movie, like long term Lucasfilm employee and special effects whiz, and um, I think I think he was executive producer and head of uh, special effects on this movie, which is a really weird combination, but very cool. Mm. But but basically, he he was the guy who went to to uh, Kathy Kennedy and said, "Look, we can do it. We can do this." And it's almost like mm. it was him trying to prove that like that. It's almost like he was trying to prove that they could do it. Like, look at this. I, I, I said I could do this and I could do it. But at some point, they must have, someone needed to look at this and go, no, that doesn't look right. We need to do something different. Like, show it different, different expression, different different angles, something else. But, you know, you're making a movie. Like, that's how, that's what making a movie is about. It, it's it's problem solving. It's, it's you know, getting getting the, the, the effect that you're after, you know, regardless of how you have to do it. Yeah, I I would like to know what's going on, but of course, with these new Star Wars films, we're not getting outsiders' views on the making of these films. All yeah. we know about the making of these films is what Lucasfilm and Disney want us to know. So, if there was any sort of arguments over it, we're not going to hear about it. You know, you don't get the J.W. Rinsler books. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah, exactly. Yeah, the making of books they, they they don't exist, and if it is going to happen, it won't be for a very long time. But I really get the feeling that any sort of negativity any sort of strife is suppressed you know for the sake of pr so everything sounds like uh, everyone's on the same um in the same boat everyone's all together and i don't think that's the case yeah well but but it's kind of a joke isn't it because then they're firing directors left right and center that's exactly what i was about to say i mean we've got (laughs) the whole han solo uh debacle oh going on at the moment you know i mean who knows just what's going on but the fact that you can fire these directors over and <laughs> keep changing there is something going on there but i don't think we're ever gonna ever gonna find out i mean here with rogue one you know we were saying about you know some of it doesn't hang together because there were just reshoots that bollocks that's come out about you know that first trailer where you see Jin Erso going along the gantry yeah, the to fighter. do the thing and the tie fighter come up and they go oh no that was just a test thing to see yeah. you know if the effects people can do it utter bollocks no no yeah. no something was going to happen there and you really think we're stupid enough to believe it as oh it was a test footage to show what they can do this is ILM <laughs> yeah. everybody they, knows they know anything make, ILM does is going to be fantastic you don't have to prove anything okay yeah. that is something from an excised moment like you say the troops on the beach there are stills there are things in the trailers there is whole chunks of dialogue in the trailers that was never used you know this it this wasn't a smooth shoot. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as as I understand it, um, is that so? You know, Disney engaged Gareth Edwards, who I think is a very, very talented director. Uh, Godzilla is is a is a piece of shit. But have you seen his first movie, Monsters? Oh, I love Monsters. It's, how good we, is that? Got, we're going to do that. I... We're going to do that. That's going to be a ah, CGI one. one. We're going to do in the future. Yeah, no, a brilliant it, it, film. Isn't that like such a like such a, a great example of low budget, you know, CG that's that's used in a in a in a, a a good way? And like, you know, when I heard that he was directing this, I was like, wow, that's great. And as I understand it, like, you know, Disney went right. We want you to make us like this um, gritty sort of more adult take on Star Wars. And he delivered it to them, and they saw it, and they went, oh, actually, that's not what we wanted. And I would yeah. love to see if that's the case. Oh, and we never will see it. Of course, it's it's going to be in the Disney vaults till till the end of days. But I would have loved to have seen his 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 darker take on Star Wars. And that's the thing with people go, oh, Star Wars. It's not supposed to be dark, or grim, or scary. But these that's that's the the opportunities of these uh, side stories. I, I I would quite happily see a movie with no no dialogue just a, like almost like a like an avant-garde al- movie full of aliens and like almost like a silent movie with this incomprehensible yeah. speech like i'd love to see cool interesting stuff like that and i would love to see yeah i, I don't want it to be my, like i don't want it to define the new star wars I, it's of course it's not going to be some adult uh you know gritty violent uh uh, uh movie but I, I wouldn't mind seeing a, an aspect of that and then it feels like they kind of yeah disney kind of uh, choked up a bit about it and you get this bit of a muddle of a movie as a result I think Disney I mean I, I was very surprised you know when Force Awakens comes out that how close it was to the first one and that they played the safe option yep. you know uh, but, and it's like but, 
come on, it's it's Star Wars. You can take risks, just oh. like you say there. You know, you so can true. just put put another story. You don't have to keep tying it into the Skywalkers. Do it somewhere else. And as for you know, Star Wars isn't dark and scary. The very very first Star Wars film. A planet is blown up. Billions of yeah, people sure. were killed. You can't get more dark and scary than destroying a whole planet. No, absolutely. I mean, The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that is such a such a, a dark movie, and the you know the, those such an adult movie in, in some senses. Like like I was saying, like almost avant garde. Those scenes with um, uh, Luke on Dagobah when he's having the vision fighting mm. uh, Vader. I mean, that is some weird European feeling stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now there's room for it. I just wish they had the balls to actually yeah, you know if, if they're going to do it chance. do it yeah they might do it this ryan johnson you know new trilogy they say it's somewhere else and uh, if they do <laughs> good but i don't want to see sith i don't want to see jedi you know yeah. do a, a standalone trilogy that's nothing to do with anything else don't start connecting things you know because there's room for it oh it's 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 the it's one of the, like it's pretty much the ultimate um property to work on to be creative within you've got this amazing framework you could do so much yeah Yep, 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 yep. All right. Okay, behind the scenes then, Way, what have you got? Because this is the problem with, if you're talking mm. about a CGI subject, yeah. it's not so much the process of how it was done, because virtually all of it, after things were designed, it's yeah. all on a mainframe. Um, so you're talking more about, you know, decisions chosen for design and editing and stuff like that. But So have you got any info? Yeah, well, I mean, just in regarding what you were just saying, I think that in the context of your show that that's why cg it, it's it's not as good a story and and that's probably doing a real disservice to all the people that are working on it but uh, you know it, it doesn't have the you hear about the you know the guys at ilm back in the old days and the the problem solving they would do and the the crazy things they would come up with to to make these effects and it just seems like a more romantic story like uh, something about it that's just more appealing uh, as a fan um as opposed to I mean, you look at the uh, the credits in these movies these days, and they, they run for five minutes just for the people working on the CG. <laughs> it's insane. And, right. you know, they're all very talented, hardworking people. Who, uh, but, you know, fundamentally, it's it's people on a computer, you know. I guess yes. from, from what I've seen, it just seems like you get, you, you'll be assigned like like a like a, a quarter second. You, you'll get, or, or you'll get like one tiny fragment of an effect. Like you'll be doing uh, layers, uh, you know, her, her, her top lip or something. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just feels yeah, yeah, like yeah. everyone has to work on it. And that must be maddening. I mean, you must be so sick of that, 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 that particular uh, element. Um, so no, I don't have, I don't have a lot of stuff. I mean, a little bit of stuff about the, uh, the uh, practical side of uh, Leia and, and Tarkin. Um, mm. But, well, not, you know, just, you know, that they were actual people. The, you know, Tarkin, do you know about uh, they had access to a face mask made of yes. him? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll let you it tell was, that It was for Top Secret, wasn't it? They did, a, that, uh, yeah. they did a life cast off of him for Top Secret because you've got that gag in the film where he's looking through a magnifying glass yeah. and he takes the magnifying glass out of the way and he's still got this massive eye. So, yeah, that's what they, 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 they uh, scanned. And yeah. then again, put into a computer, and they work from that. And that, you know, I think that's probably you know, it must have been a huge help to, uh, you know, getting those little details and those uh, the, the little wrinkles and stuff. I wonder if you know the way to go. You know, if if you're going to rejig this in the future and and make it more convincing, is to go along the lines of you take some footage, scan some footage of, say, Peter Cushing from a film that he was making around, you know, 75, 76, and put that on a body, a CGI body, and then animate the lips to match the voice. Hmm. I guess so. You've got I mean... his real head. I mean, um, I went to see uh, the live War of the Worlds, the Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, when that okay. first came out. Um, in, in the... Uh, in the theatre there, you had a whacking great big, like, 20-foot-tall polystyrene head, okay? And projected onto that was an image of Richard Burton, okay? Mm. And uh, because, of course, he's the narrator of War of the Worlds. And yeah. then that, what they did was they got a, a actor... It's on, 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 if you buy the DVD, there's behind the scenes. They film an actor saying the lines, and they just took his mouth and superimposed it over the photo 
of yep. Richard Burton. So his, his face was still... It, it worked because every so often they would make his eyebrow go up in a very Roger Moore type way to give it a bit <laughs> more animation. But you could see that was Richard Burton. And if you didn't look too closely at the mouth, yep. it worked. And this was like 10 years ago, you know, for a live you know show so maybe maybe that might be the way to go you know you get carrie fisher from shampoo or something like that you know not <laughs> not not from star wars because any star wars fan will go oh they pinch that from that moment blah blah take her from shampoo and animate her lips to match the voice maybe that might be the way to go in future because but is it, it just is the a real matter person but is it just a matter of the original uh, source material is not of high enough quality to, to match into the rest of this, you know, it modern era, high high definition um, yeah, film? I don't, I don't think that would work. No, but uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Nah, all right. Okay. All right. Shop something down. I've got uh, behind the scenes, um, the, the new squadron we see in this film, Blue Squadron, okay, mm-hmm. uh, originally... It was meant to be Blue Squadron in the original Star Wars. It wasn't meant to be Red Squadron. It was meant to be Blue mm. Squadron. But when they decided to use blue screen for compositing all the shots, they yeah. couldn't use it. That's why they then changed it to... I think Luke was going to be like, you know, Blue 5 to begin with. Okay. Wow, that's just such a great example of like uh, <laughs> like something that had to change. But then I can't imagine it being the other way around. And like the X wings look so perfect with the, the the gray and the red and the and red five sounds so much better than blue five. I, I was going to say I defy anyone to hear the words red five and not think of Star Wars. Yeah, you can't, can you? You know, but that that little snippet is contradicted by the fact apparently that George Lucas said he didn't want any blue. In Star Wars. I mean the colour, not, you know, something right. dodgy. Um, yeah, he didn't want the colour blue in, <laughs> in Star Wars, okay? The nearest okay. we get to the colour blue in the original trilogy is you've got Lando, Lando's cape. cloak, yeah. yeah, his little cape thing, and it's blue shirt. milk. Yeah, but blue the, the blue milk yeah. was kind of like a grey colour anyway. Yeah, he yeah. didn't like the colour blue in Star Wars and it and that okay. slowly started coming back in in the prequels. But in the original trilogy, he didn't really want the colour blue anywhere. I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I, I've never really thought about it or noticed. So I'm going to keep that in mind next time I uh, watch the OT. That's, that's cool. Yeah, Lando I, being the, you know, the, the free spirit that he is. He, he's the yeah. rebel. He's the one who, you know, flies against tradition and he's just so darn cool. He can wear a, a, a band colour, basically. Yeah. But if that's, if that is true and that, I mean, that's, I mean, you can say whatever you like about Lucas, you know, in the prequels and stuff, but he was such a bloody genius. Like, and if that is mm. a deliberate thing that he's put in there and I've never even noticed it, but it probably adds to the texture of, of Star Wars being that, that certain look, then that is, oh, that, that kind of blows me away. It's nifty, isn't it? It's the same as for all, all the good guys in the first film, you know, that they're, they're all earthy tones. Everything's creams and browns, you know, and then you've got the blacks and whites and greys for the bad guys, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I feel it better now knowing that my, uh, my son who was born uh, in December, his middle name is Lucas. So, he's... Uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> he's in good company. I, 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 All right. Back, 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 back to Blue Squadron for a second, but the the, the their leader, Blue Leader, he is the, yeah. that's the guy the, the mustache. Yes, is that the guy? He is awesome. Yeah. That dude looks like he's straight out of 1977. Is 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 he an actor that you know or? No, I don't know him, but maybe I do know him. But that moustache, <laughs> you just it's look at fantastic. the moustache every time. You know, I, I'm glad they it's put fantastic. some moustaches and sideburns in. Oh, like the and, sideburns you know, are in full effect. Yeah, yeah, and you've got some floppy hairdos there as well. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that. I like that. All right, okay, so let's go to the rating, shall we? Has this been a tricky Ooh, one so, for you? So we're rating the whole scene. So because if we're just yeah, everything we've been talking if we're just about, focusing on Leia. I mean that that would be one thing, but overall, so ah oh, wow, I'm I'm really torn. Um, like I said, I think this is some of the best space stuff since Return of the Jedi. Um, the, a very uh, memorable Vader scene. Uh, I've, I've got, I've got the, the, like a little YouTube clip of uh, Carrie Fisher, CG Carrie Fisher. And I've got a pause. And like you said, when you see it not moving, it looks, it looks pretty good. Um, mm. uh, um, uh, gosh, I don't know why I'm umming and ahhing so much about a rating that doesn't mean bloody anything, but, um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go 7.5. 
right? Yeah, overall, so the whole scene, like the, the space, uh, right. it'd probably be an 8.5, but Carrie Fisher is just odd. So, yeah, that probably brings it down a point. So, yeah, 7.5, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. You and you and I are, are just so similar thinking. I mean, you know, I, the spacecraft scenes are top nut, top notch, you know, but it's confusingly cut. So I, for that, I would give it an eight. But then everything on the Tanta V four and the way it falls away, I would notch it up another half point for that. But the CGI yeah. on Tarkin and Leia massively harmed this sequence for me. So yeah. I dropped it down to seven. Right. Oh, wow. So we're, we're at seven point two five. Okay, that's and I think. Yeah. I think that's probably probably fair. I think that's a, a fair uh, assessment. All right. Yeah. And I'm, I haven't got my Facebook page open at the moment. You know, I, I, I do a score chart for all the ratings. I'm thinking maybe this might be the lowest Star Wars rating so far on this show. Yeah. I mean, part of me thinks we're being a little bit unfair, like including the CG layer with the rest of the stuff. I mean, it's such a separate element. Um, but yeah. you know, so be it. That, that's that's what that's what we're doing. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, the... I was going to say, I mean, if if the lowest score for Star Wars is seven point two five, that's still a lot higher than an awful lot of the stuff we've been discussing. So, well, when it's you not spend, a bad score. When you spend two hundred million dollars making a movie, it should look pretty good. <laughs> yes, it should. All right, okay, all right. Well, that's it for today, then, Wade. Thank you for your time. Right. My pleasure. Um, any. Anyone out there, go along to Facebook and, um, yeah, I'll be posting up some, uh, some, some snippets about Tarkin and, and stuff. So you can check it cool. all out there. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Wade. And I'll speak Cheers, to you mate. soon. All right. Cheers. Bye bye.